Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. If you've been following along, then you know we've been learning a lot about the nation of Israel, the chosen people of God. God had chosen Abraham from all the people of the earth, and he had told Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And that's exactly what happened. From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob grew the great nation of Israel. God chose the people of Israel to be his chosen people to reveal to the rest of the world what he is like. It would be through Abraham's descendants that a future Messiah, a future king, King Jesus would come to save those who trust in him from their sins. Sadly, many of the Israelites forgot God and forgot why he had chosen them. They began to look to false gods to answer their prayers, but the false gods could not answer them back. When they tried to cry out for help, there was no answer. We learned how the northern kingdom of Israel had become so wicked and so evil that their hearts had become hardened and they could no longer hear God or follow his ways or know his love for them. Because they had rejected God, he could not help them. And so the king of Assyria had come and removed the Israelites from their promised land. Is that the end of Israel, you ask? Is that the end of our stories? Oh no, God still had a plan. God's story never ends in defeat. God is the victor. He is always in control. There was still the southern kingdom of Judah left. Out of all the tribes of Israel, only Judah remained. And do you remember the capital city of the southern kingdom of Judah? It was the city where King David built his palace and the city where Solomon built the temple. Do you remember the name of the capital city? Of the southern kingdom? If you said Jerusalem, then you are correct. Even though all the other tribes of Israel in the northern kingdom had been removed from the land, the city of David, Jerusalem, still remained. I wonder if the Israelites in the south felt alone. I wonder if they felt scared or worried. They had watched as their Israelite brothers and sisters in the north had been taken captive. I wonder if they thought, will the king of Assyria come for us too? I'm sure some of them thought, if the capital city of Jerusalem is taken, what hope will remain of the promises that God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob so long ago? The people of Judah were probably living every day on edge, wondering, is this the day that the Assyrians will come and attack us? After 14 years of reigning on the throne, good King Hezekiah was still the king over the southern kingdom of Judah during this time. Do you remember King Hezekiah? His mother was Abijah and had taught him the ways of the Lord. King Hezekiah was the king who had cleansed the temple and opened its doors after his father, King Ahaz, had closed them. King Hezekiah was a good king who walked in the ways of the Lord. 
he would have received the horrifying news that King Hoshea in the north had been captured by Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria, and that he had been put in prison. I wonder, did King Hezekiah's heart beat fast? Did he feel the fear begin to creep upon him? Did he think, what if the king of Assyria tries to come and put me in prison too? Ten years went by, ten long years, where the Assyrians had a new king come to power. No longer was Shalmaneser on the throne, but a new king had taken his place. And this new king's name was Sennacherib. Can you say Sennacherib? Sennacherib was just as powerful and vicious as Shalmaneser had been. Sennacherib was not content to settle with the land that Shalmaneser had conquered. He wanted more. He wanted to expand his empire even further. And this meant he was coming for the southern kingdom of Judah. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, planned to attack all the fortified cities in the southern kingdom of Judah. When King Hezekiah heard of this, he offered to pay Sennacherib tribute money to keep him away. He said, I will pay you whatever you want, whatever you demand of me. The king of Assyria demanded 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So King Hezekiah gave him all the silver he could find in the temple and the palace. He even stripped off the gold with which he had covered the doors and doorposts of the temple when he had cleansed it and reopened it for worship. He gave all of this to the king of Assyria, hoping that King Sennacherib would leave him and the Israelites alone. But do you know what, true seekers? It was not enough. If you give the enemy just a little bit, he will always want more. And then some more. And more. Until he has everything. And that's just what happened. Sennacherib said he was going to take the city anyway. And that King Hezekiah might as well open the gates and surrender. Surrender? Surrender? Never. Would King Hezekiah surrender? Oh, true seekers, what would he do? The southern kingdom of Judah was the only kingdom left of the nation of Israel. The people living there were the last remaining Israelites in the promised land. Surely King Hezekiah could not surrender. Well, I am glad to say that King Hezekiah was not the sort of man to give up without a fight. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he still intended to make war on Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city. And so they helped him. He said, why should the king of Assyria come and find much water to drink? And so a large force of men assembled and they blocked all the springs and the streams that flowed through the land. Then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall that surrounded Jerusalem, and he built towers on it. And he built a second wall outside of the repaired wall so that Jerusalem had two walls surrounding it. He also made large numbers of weapons and shields. Hezekiah was preparing for battle. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate, and he encouraged them with these words. 
be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judah had said. King Hezekiah was ready. The people were ready. And so the day came when the king of Assyria sent his officers to Jerusalem with a message for King Hezekiah and for all the people of Judah who were there to hear it. You see, instead of attacking directly, King Sennacherib had a trick up his sleeve. He knew that if he came with a frightful message, that it would put fear in the hearts of the people and that would give him the city before he even came in to attack it. His plan was to strike fear in the hearts of the people. So immediately after King Hezekiah had encouraged the people and strengthened them and spoken words of life over them, here came a message from King Sennacherib that said, Why are you so confident? On what are you basing your confidence? We have come. We are powerful. Why listen to King Hezekiah when he says, The Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Don't listen to your king. He is misleading you. He is not telling you the truth. Don't believe him. He will lead you to die of hunger and thirst behind those walls. Did not Hezekiah himself remove your God's high places and altars, saying that you must only worship one God and burn sacrifices on one altar? How can only one God save you? Do you not know who I am and who my fathers were before me and what we have done to all the peoples of the other lands? Have you not seen how we have conquered other people and other lands? Were the gods of those nations ever able to deliver their land from my hand? Who of all the gods of these nations that my fathers destroyed has been able to save his people from me? How then can your God deliver you from my hand? Now, do not let Hezekiah deceive you and mislead you like this. Do not believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Just as the gods of the peoples of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. And if that wasn't bad enough, the commander of the Assyrian army was speaking to the people in their native Hebrew language so they could understand him in order to frighten them and scare them and make them so afraid that they would give up their fight and he would be able to capture the city. The king's officials said to the Assyrian commander, please just speak to us in Aramaic since we can understand it, but don't speak to the people in the Hebrew language where they can hear you and understand. But the commander only spoke louder. Was it only to your master and you that my master sent me to say these things and not to all the men sitting on the wall? 
The commander was certainly trying to make the Israelites afraid. He knew if he could get them to fear that they would be able to capture and take control. So he shouted in Hebrew so all the Israelites on the wall could hear. This is what the king of Assyria says. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you from my hand. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says the Lord will surely deliver us. Don't believe him. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and come out to me. Then every one of you will eat from his own vine and fig tree and drink water from his own cistern. Until I come and take you to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Choose life and not death. Oh, true seekers, there has never been a time like this where we have seen an enemy of Israel use such words. To some Israelites, his words might have seemed good. In their fear, they might have chosen to go with Sennacherib. He was promising to take them to a good land, a land with bread and vineyards and olive trees and honey. But wait, wait just a minute. Hadn't God promised that already to them? Were they not already living in a land that God had given to them? A land already flowing with milk and honey? Oh, truth seekers, the king of Assyria was sly and sneaky. He knew his words might sound good to the Israelites who were afraid of him. He said to them, choose life and not death. But who else do we know has said this very same thing? God. God told the Israelites to choose life and not death. So who was right? God or Sennacherib? Who was telling the truth? Truth seekers, who was telling the truth? Who could really give them a land flowing with milk and honey? Who could really protect them and provide for them? Who was stronger, God or Sennacherib? Well, if we just keep listening, we'll find out. I'm happy to say that the Israelites did not let Sennacherib's words get to them. The people remained silent and strong and confident and said nothing in reply because the king had commanded them, do not answer them. And when King Hezekiah heard what was said, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went directly to the temple of the Lord. He knew he would find his answer there. He also called for his counselors. He called for Elakim, the palace administrator, and Shebna, the secretary, and many of the leading priests, and he sent them to see the prophet Isaiah. Do you remember Isaiah? Isaiah was a man of God who heard the voice of the Lord. Hezekiah knew he would need a man of God to help him know the truth in this situation. Where Sennacherib had spoken lies, Hezekiah was looking for the truth, and he knew that Isaiah was a man who spoke the truth. So Hezekiah's officials told the prophet Isaiah what Sennacherib had said. They went to Isaiah and said, Please pray for us, the remnant who are left in Israel. We are the only ones left of the nation of Israel. Pray for us to survive. And Isaiah said to them, Tell your king, this is what the Lord says. 
Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words are lies, words with which the small men of the king of Assyria have blasphemed against me. Listen, I am going to put such a spirit in him that when he hears a certain report, he will return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. Isaiah was prophesying what was going to happen to Sennacherib. Isaiah wrote down the words of the Lord and sent the letter back to King Hezekiah with his officials. And after King Hezekiah read the letter, he went up into the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord and he said, Lord, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all kingdoms of the earth. Give your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. It is true, O Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them. For they were not real gods, but only gods made of wood and stone, fashioned by men's hands. Now, O Lord our God, Deliver us from his hand so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. And then the most amazing thing happened. As soon as Hezekiah was done praying, another message came from the prophet Isaiah. It was another word from the Lord. This time the Lord would respond directly to Sennacherib. How dare Sennacherib speak such things against the Holy One of Israel? God said back to the king of Assyria, to King Sennacherib, he said, Who is it that you have blasphemed? Who is it that you have spoken against? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? You have spoken against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers, you have heaped insults on the Lord, and you have said, With my chariots I have ascended the heights of the mountains. But have you not heard? Long ago I ordained it, I planned it, I have brought it to pass that you are strong, and that you have turned fortified cities into piles of stones. I was the one who gave you your strength, but I know where you stay, and when you come and go, and I know how you rage against me in your pride. And because you rage against me and your insolence has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you return by the way you came. And then the Lord spoke a beautiful promise to the Israelites in Judah. He said to them, Once more, a remnant a group of people from the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a group of people. Out of Mount Sion, this group of people will survive. Sennacherib will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. And so that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 
185,000 men in the Assyrian army. When the Israelites woke up the next morning, there were all of the Assyrian soldiers dead on the ground. So what else could King Sennacherib do? The Lord God Almighty had won. Sennacherib had to eat his words and swallow his pride and return back to the capital city of Nineveh in Assyria. Sadly, Sennacherib did not bow down in worship to the Lord even after all of this had happened. One day while he was worshiping in the temple of his false god Nisroch, his sons came in and cut him down by the sword. Exactly what Isaiah had prophesied by the word of the Lord. And so the reign of Sennacherib ended in tragedy, not victory. His words were not true after all, for no one is more powerful or greater than Yahweh, the one true and living God. Dear truth seekers, what a powerful story. There is much truth to be found in this story. What was God speaking to you as you listened? Did your heart stir up within you? Did you learn something new about God? I can't help but think that in this story, King Sennacherib reminds me an awful lot of the devil. Do you know that Satan does the exact same thing King Sennacherib tried to do to the Israelites? Satan lies to us and lies to us and lies to us. Jesus said that Satan is the father of lies. That's his language. He speaks only lies. He will lie to us all day long if we let him. He will yell and shout out his lies to us, trying to scare us and make us afraid. He will say the exact same thing King Sennacherib said. Satan will say, do not trust in the Lord. The Lord cannot save you. He cannot deliver you. The Lord does not see you or hear you. Do not listen to his word or read the Bible. It's not true. What has God ever done for you? Are you sure he's real? Are you sure he's listening? God doesn't love you. He won't protect you. True seekers, do any of those lies sound familiar to you? Have you ever heard the enemy try to speak those lies to you? Do you remember how we said, if you give the enemy a little bit, he will want more and more and more? And so it is with Satan. If you stop to listen to one lie, he will try to get you to listen to many more until he has you afraid and doubting God's word. Oh friends, we must never make peace with lies. How should we respond when the enemy tries to lie to us? We should respond just as King Hezekiah did. He went directly to the temple of God to pray. But you don't have to go to a temple to pray or talk to God. If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, He is living right inside of you. Fall to your knees, cry out to your God, just as King Hezekiah did, and say to Him, Oh, Father, you see the lies of the enemy. You see what he is saying. You see what he is trying to do. His words seem like truth right now. I need your help to know what the truth really is. Oh God, please show me the truth. Please rescue me and deliver me. Call out to him and he will show you the truth. 
Satan tries to twist the truth to make his life sound good. The only way you can know the truth is by reading the Word of God and keeping it deep and hidden in your heart. God will speak his truth to your heart through his word, so that when the devil comes and tries to lie to you, you can shout out loud, The Lord will protect me. The Lord is the God of the heavens and the earth. There is no one like him. He is not made out of wood or silver or gold. He is alive and active and moving and listening and fighting and saving. He is powerful and mighty and he will cut down the enemy. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Kings chapters 18 through 20 and 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that no one, nothing is greater than you are. You are the God of the heavens and the earth. You are a good and faithful God. You sent your son Jesus to earth to come and live and die for us so that we might be saved. And the enemy may try to scare us and frighten us and tell us lies. We may be tempted to think that you are not there, that you don't hear us or that you can't save us. But in those moments when we feel scared or when we feel afraid or when we don't know what to do or when we're not sure of what the truth is, Will you help us to come back to the word, come back to what the Bible says? Will you help us to stand on the truth of your word, even when we don't feel it? Help us to believe it and hold fast to it and never let it go. We put our trust in you, God. We put our faith in you, just like King Hezekiah did. And we will not listen to the lies of the enemy. We will not listen to his lies or believe his lies. We will not doubt you, God, but we will have faith in you and believe in you and hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, I have a few more reviews I'd like to read that were left for the podcast. This first one is from Joy. She says, hi, I'm 10 years old and I feel like God is drawing me closer to him. I never want to stop listening. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. That blesses my heart so much. And I am just going to keep praying that God keeps drawing you closer and closer to him. Um, it's just Gary says, we listen every Sunday on the way to church. Our four-year-old loves the stories and it gets him ready to learn in Sunday school. Thankful for podcasts like this for him and us. Thank you so much. Um, our next one is from Natalie. She says, my four boys and I have been listening to your podcast in the mornings as a part of our homeschool routine. We call it podcast and puzzle time. I could go on and on about how you do such a beautiful job engaging the kids while staying true to the text, but I'll just leave you with this. After our prayers tonight, my four-year-old ran into my room and said verbatim, the girl that does the podcast is really good because she knows a lot about Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness in this work, and I can only imagine the eternal impact you're having on kids all over the world. I know you have eternally impacted me and my boys, and for that, I am beyond grateful. Well, thank you, Natalie. I tear up and choke up every time I read that, so thank you. Um, the next review says, thank you for sharing God's living word in a way that comes alive for my kids. That's from Tina and Vinny. 
And next, Judy Lynn says, mom of three daughters, ages six, five, and two. My girls absolutely love this podcast, but I love it too. This podcast is such an easy and effective way to help our kids hide God's word in their hearts. They are so proud to be truth seekers. We listen to your podcast every day on the way to school, after school, and sometimes before bed. May God continue to use you to help reach the next generation for Christ. Thank you for helping us parents as we endeavor to train our children to love Jesus and live for him. Thank you so much for that. And lastly, this review says, Hi, this is Lennox, JB, and Torin. Our favorite podcast is Adam and Eve. We love True Seekers and we think it is so fun. Thank you. And then the mom says, as mom of these three, I truly appreciate this podcast. My children love to listen daily and talk about the things they are learning. Thank you for bringing the Bible to them in a way they can understand and enjoy. Thank you so much, everyone, again, for leaving your reviews. Um, I appreciate it so much. And I just pray that the podcast continues to bless and speak life to you and your families. Thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to our time together next week.